ladies and gentlemen, thank you again for joining us today. I have Jeremy Randall with me. Hello, Jeremy. Hello, Dan. And Jeremy is our Director of Operations, and we are going to talk about backing up. And I can tell you, before we even get into talking about the specifics, all of your vehicles that you're driving were designed to go forward. They were not designed to spend a lot of time backing up. And so if any of you have ever heard us speak or participate in our program, you know our goal with backing up is to encourage people to avoid backing up. If you can not back up, you will never run into anything backing in into it, and you will be much safer because of it. But we realize that uh, backing up is something you can't completely avoid. But before we get into the lesson for today, Jeremy, can you talk a little bit more about why you should avoid backing up? Well, Dan, you know, it's it's a frustrating point for us at In Control because most road tests include a number of backing up skills, um, and sometimes that's all they really end up testing. And it's just such a dangerous uh, way to go. You already mentioned that vehicles are not designed to go backwards. They make all kinds of safety concessions to allow them to go backwards, um, but they make them much safer in the forward gear. Think about something, uh, whether it's brakes, it's seatbelts, it's airbags, it's uh, even steering. When you're driving forward down the road and you turn the steering wheel even a little bit and you let go of it, it comes back to straight naturally. Okay. When you're going in a reverse and you do that same thing, but if you just turn it a tiny bit and you let go, it doesn't go back to straight. It goes to full turn, to full turn lock. And it does it the faster you're going, the faster that will happen. You also have extremely limited visibility. The entire rest of the car is blocking you. And depending on the type of vehicle you're in, you might not have any vision out of the back. You know, people talk about looking over their shoulder. Well, there's a lot of large SUVs. There's a lot of uh, vans and pickup trucks where that might not be really a possibility to even look over your shoulder to go back. So we're going to go over what is important for your license test and the skill sets that drivers that probably taught or will be teaching your newer driver. And then we're also going to talk about once they have that license, how they can avoid backing up. And if they need to back up, how best to do it for the shortest possible distance and to stay as safe as possible. So Jeremy, let me ask you this though. A lot of vehicles have backup cameras. Does that solve your concerns with backing up? No. Uh, backup cameras are another useful tool when they're used in conjunction with the rest of the tools you have. But the and, and there are a lot of different types of cameras back there. They have fisheye lenses, some of them, some of them you can change between different settings to help you park but they still give you limited visibility around the car. What they really are good for is telling you when to stop when you back up. What is already directly behind my car and how close am I to it? And although that can be distorted as well. And so the only thing I, I have a backup camera in my car and my wife does as well. And, and many of our in control cars actually have them. And the only time I tell people it's appropriate to use them Let's say we're backing into a parking space. We can get into why we were backing in in the first place, but it tells you when to stop so you don't hit that that bumper of that that car that you know you're backing up close to, or you know how close are you to that street sign in reverse. So there's a value in it. It can be helpful, but you should never just look in it and go in reverse. You have mirrors. Um, you can turn around and look over your shoulder. You can get out of your car and, and look when you don't have one. So there's other options for it too. And I just want to make sure I point out that. It, it's not a useful tool on its own. It's only valuable in conjunction with the other tools you have. 
So how does one avoid backing up? Again, before we get into the actual lessons on how to back up successfully, what are some things you can do in your everyday life to put yourself in a better position? So let's think about the times as experienced drivers that we normally back up. We might be backing out of our driveway in the morning to go to work. We get to work and we nose our car into a parking space. We get out of work and we uh, have to back out of that parking space, right? I mean, those two things right there probably account for at least 80% of your backing up. If you're somebody that's backing up 100 feet in a straight line every day, like are often on driver's ed tests, there's something wrong with what you're doing. You're not setting yourself up very well. And that's sort of where I want to go with this. If you're thinking ahead about it, and you're attacking it head on, you back up less. Okay, so instead of having to back out of my driveway, what if I've uh, created a turnaround in my driveway, or I've um, I've backed into my driveway to begin with? Right? There's there's little times right there where it's going to limit it, and but that didn't completely eliminate it. Maybe I'm in a parking lot and I get to work. Uh, if I go maybe a little bit further away from the door and I take a pull through space. Well, right there, I've actually eliminated a full backing up situation there. So there's different ways you can try to eliminate. You can try to think, you know what? My car doesn't have reverse. What can I do? Can I go around the block instead of having to back up 50 feet? You know, what can I do to avoid it altogether? Once you've run out of ways to avoid it altogether, we're going to try to minimize it and manage it. You've heard me use those terms before. And you mentioned, you know, backing into the driveway is legal which actually backing out of a public, a private driveway onto a public road is technically illegal. We can get into the whether you're actually getting in trouble for that, but you wouldn't want to back onto a public road. But it actually ends up being a lot safer to back into that driveway, back into that garage space. So you're ready to go when you leave. Think about when you're busy. Oh, geez, I'm late for work. I got to get out of here. If you go to back out of your garage, you might drive over that bike that was left out overnight. Maybe somebody parked in a different space. There's all kinds of different options there. Things can change. If you back into that garage, when you first get home, you're a little bit more relaxed. Okay, I'm done with work. And you get yourself prepared for the next day. It's a very low chance that lawnmower starts itself up and, and you know gets in your way while you're backing in. And so there's just a lot more control that way. Uh, same thing with parking spaces. There's no pull-through spaces available or the lot's not set up that way with curb islands everywhere. Well, then pull up along that parking space to start. And as you pass it and get yourself set up to go in reverse and back in, you actually get to see it and see that nothing's there. And then your setup is in the forward gear. And the majority of your steering input to get yourself set up is done in the forward gear. And then it's just a matter of sliding yourself right in that space. You have control over the situation. You can back that car into that parking space. And that's where that backup camera can be useful as well. Now you're done with your shopping. You're trying to get out of there. You've taken all of your control back. Instead of having to reverse out of the space and, and just hope nobody's there or, or hope that somebody's going to stop and let you out of that parking space, right? You've got the control now. Now, now you're nosing out of that space, pulling forward out of that space, and you have control over it. It's the direction the car is designed to go in. Our visibility is going to be a lot better. All kinds of advantages. And I don't want to spend too much time on this, Dan, because I'm sure people are getting bored of me talking already. But there's so many different situations where, where this applies. So the moral here, try to back up, uh, excuse me, try to avoid backing up whenever you can. And if you have to back up, try to minimize the amount that you go back by thinking ahead about it and staying at a slow speed. We never emphasize any speed in reverse, and that includes staying off that gas pedal if it's an automatic transmission. Just let the idle speed of the car take you back. Jeremy, I I just want to add, and we don't want to beat this horse to death, but 
one of the things I think we really accomplish well in our training is discouraging people from backing up. And the drill that we perform is one that, you know, the way I typically describe it, we tend to take the shortest person in the class. We don't necessarily tell them that that's why we chose them, but we sit them down in the driver's seat of the vehicle and have them address the mirrors so that they can see behind them properly. We've already trained them how to adjust their mirrors properly at that point. And we take a traffic cone and we place that traffic cone behind our vehicle and ask that driver to look in the rear view mirror, the mirror over the dashboard, out through the rear window. And again, right now we're using Honda Accords, but we've used everything from Toyota Camrys to Volvos to you know, a variety of different products as we're training private companies. We put that cone behind the vehicle and we get everybody in the class to kind of agree how far back does the cone have to be before the driver can see that cone. And Jeremy, if you could share with our audience, how far back are we typically seeing that cone now? I know people guess 20, 30, 40 feet. There's probably people on the podcast right now hearing this, thinking it's somewhere in that range. What is it typically? Well, depending on exactly where they set the seat of the mirrors up, it's 75 to 150 feet before that shorter driver can actually see that cone. Now, the interesting thing, Dan, is we don't just stop with that tends to be the shorter person in the class. We then go, you know what? okay, maybe they were on the shorter side. Who's the tallest one here? Who thinks they're the tallest? We put them in the seat. They set their seat up properly again. They set their mirrors up properly again. And often the cone doesn't move at all. If it does, it might be 10 more feet in or 10 more feet back, but often it has no bearing on it at all. In our average sedans that the majority of us are driving these days, it's roughly a hundred feet before you can actually see the ground behind your vehicle with your mirrors. Now, I have people tell me all the time, well, yeah, driver's ed says to turn around in my seat though. When we have people try that, they can't get their eyes physically above the height of that mirror often, right? Their head's touching the ceiling. Their eyes are lower than that, roughly in line with that mirror. And what ends up happening is they can't really get that much better vision either. Sometimes it's a little bit, it's a little bit closer. That's true. But then they're turned around in their seat. It's an odd situation to be in. So our vision behind the vehicle is just not very good. And, and Dan, I've seen you uh, do some interesting things in, in some of our outreach programs. You've actually put people behind a car, or obviously where it can't go backwards. But how many people could you fit behind a car that the driver was unaware of? Yeah, so we took 29 kids and had them sit behind a vehicle with a driver in the driver's seat and just had them kind of fanned out directly behind the vehicle and they could not see any of them. And that's the point. I mean, again, the vehicle is designed to drive forwards. Certainly in that instance, if they had a backup camera, they'd see some heads pop up, but you don't control what's coming at you from the sides. And even with some of these fisheye lenses, it's far safer for you to be sitting in the front of the vehicle used to being in that position, the car, the windows are designed for you to see better and just pull out of that parking space or pull out of that driveway, whatever it is, forward and be in a better position. But with all that said, and we've effectively beat that horse to death, I hope, uh, we do want to make sure you know how to back up. So Jeremy, can you speak to how you would approach training your new driver to back up safely? Sure. So you were talking, you know, we, we just finished a skill. If you're following along with us, we were just in a parking lot and we were pulling up along curbs. How close are we to things? And so this can be done, um, you know, as, as that next lesson. And then you can go back to that. You should come back to this. We should keep, always come back to the lessons that we've already done just to make sure our driver gets as much attention as possible here. But the first thing we're going to do is think about 
how will we back up and what changes there might be. So what we're really now teaching to is the test, right? They're going to have to do that test. They're going to have to back up 50 feet in a straight line. They're going to have to back up and turn potentially. They might have to do a three-point turn, which is going to include backing up. And so we're starting preparing them for that. And so this is not necessarily what in control wants you to do in your general life, but this is what we want you to do to, to get you to pass your, your license exam. What they want you to do in, in most states' license exams is look over your shoulder and actually be physically looking in the direction that your that the vehicle will be going in. This case, in reverse. So you're going to put your right hand as the driver on the back of the headrest of the passenger seat. You put your left hand on the top of the steering wheel, and you're going to prop yourself up. All right. Um, Feet right now are, are foot still on the brake pedal, and you can use the brake pedal to push off of a little bit, and you're bracing yourself with the other foot on the floor, and you're going to physically turn yourself uh, around in that vehicle to look out that back window. Now, first thing you're going to notice is that's a really weird position to be in. If you're somebody, an experienced driver who backs up all the time, you're like, oh, it's not that weird. It's going to be really weird for a new driver to be in that position. It, it doesn't feel right um, in a, for a number of different uh, reasons. But that is the skill set we're going to look at first is backing up in a straight line. So we put the vehicle in reverse. Our foot is still on the brake pedal. And especially at this point, in fact, you know what, for everybody out there, no reason to use the, the accelerator pedal when you're in reverse. There really isn't. The car is going to actually get going pretty fast just by taking your foot off that brake pedal. Um, and, and you want to make sure that you have a clear path behind you. You want to fix your eyes at something directly behind the car because wherever you look is where the car will go. And then you can back up 50 feet in a straight line. As long as you don't move that steering wheel and your hand is directly at 12 o'clock, the top of that wheel, the car will not turn. You're going to go in a straight line. So that's a really, really easy skill. And that's one of the reasons it's, it's sort of silly that it's part of the test because it's not a, something we do all the time. So we should do all the time. And it's a really simple thing. Just don't move and you'll go straight. Uh, a lot of license tests also include a left or right hand uh, turn in reverse. So you're either turning in the reverse direction to the left or to the right. And that's really simple as well once you get used to it. The timing of when you turn can be quite difficult. But if you were to set up some cones or you're in this lot and you want it to line up between in a parking space between two paint lines on the ground, you could practice this as well. Uh, you're going to, again, have your hand on the back of the headrest, your hand at the top of the left hand at the top of the wheel. You turn yourself completely around. So you're looking out the back window and then think about it this way. When your hand is at the top of that steering wheel, if you turn your hand, if you turn the steering wheel from the top in the direction that you want the rear of the vehicle to go in, that's where it'll go. So since I'm looking out the back window, my hands at the top of the wheel, if I turn the wheel from top to the left, the car will go to the left. And top to the right, the car will go to the right. And so those can be some of those confusing things to think about. And so if you relate it to them that way and you follow down the, the guide here uh, and take the different steps, it, it really becomes a lot easier. But we just want to, and I know I'm going to just continue to, to to harp on this, but after they get their license, this should not be the way they back up. So I, I, in a, I think in a, the next step might be, not only do we tell you how to avoid backing up and, and how to minimize it. But there are some tips I can provide as well to help with uh, other forms of parking, right? Backing into the space, parallel parking. And we have one of our podcasts in the future will be 100% on parking. So don't think I'm abandoning you here. We'll, we'll talk more about that later on. 
Jeremy, I appreciate all that information. Uh, from personal experience working with my own drivers in the family, you know, the, the biggest piece of advice I can give parents is teach them this skill. Spend the extra time on it. There will be times. I was in New York City just a couple of weeks ago, and a fire truck decided to go down a one-way street that someone was completely blocking. It was a pretty small road, and that person needed to back up. And the look of fear on their eyes, and they eventually just kind of gunned it until they went up on the curb. And if had somebody been walking there, they would have been in a lot of trouble and certainly hurt. So you should have that skill, but ultimately focus on not backing up, Focus on taking advantage of ways to not have to back up. And when you do find yourself in that position as a driver or training somebody, keep the foot off the accelerator. That was probably uh, the biggest problem I had with my young drivers was, you know, they just wanted to give it some gas to get going. And 99 out of 100 times, taking your foot off the brake, the car will start to roll. If it's an uphill backup situation, sure, you're going to have to give it a little acceleration. But in most cases, that car will roll on its own. So I think we've covered backing up at nauseum. Uh, Jeremy, once again, I very much appreciate your uh, attendance here and giving us some feedback and, and suggestions on how to move forward with our new drivers. And for those of you who are listening and continuing to listen, we appreciate you coming back and we look forward to you hearing us again. 